I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to bring something like this to life. Yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to pretend (laughs) that I don't right now. Hold it in. And our current faves. Luffy must have his due. (laughs) Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. I remember, what was that? (laughs) Say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Quality sleep is essential for boosting energy, recovery, and well-being. So take your sleep to the next level with Sleep Number. With a Sleep Number smart bed, you can individualize your comfort level and enjoy a better sleep night after night. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599, a saving of $300, only for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Oh, and welcome to the NXT 2.0 review. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by the Dudley Boys of What Culture, Michael Hamblow and Michael Sidgwick. Case review everything that happened on last night's episode of NXT 2.0. But before we get into it, you're a fan of the. I've got to enjoy it while I can. If you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. For daily wrestling podcasts, where we not only review NXT, but also pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Hamlet Sidgwick to review last night's episode of NXT, potentially the last ever, and what a way to... I believe there will be one more, I think, for whatever reason, next week's is taped. Oh, yes, they are taping it, I think, later on this week. But the, then the transformation will happen. They're doing that to, I think, enable a transformation. So they've got two weeks, two full weeks, right, to basically get the old assets for the show when it was terrible <laughs> yeah. and just like up, the upload the MP3 and the, and the MP4s or whatever and then just dim the lights down and Schools. take... What? Skulls. Skulls. Um, <laughs> take everything that's perversely entertaining out of the show, and then, yeah, two weeks should be enough for that. <laughs> but if this was the last, well, one of the last 2.0s, what a show it was. F*** off, Paul. <laughs> you f***ing What? What? Did I hurt you? Did I hurt you, Paul? You f***ing 20 f***ing years of your f***ing shit as a wrestler. And... You know, health things aside, you disappear and I get a wrestling show that is silly now, but so much easier than the skulls and the MP3s. And all of a sudden, you're back five minutes and you ruin it. Why? Well, is this like karma for last week for me daring to say? Like, is this like my, is this, is this my version of like you're sort of, I'm increasingly worried about the future of all elite wrestling without the elite. 
I'm like, well, I'm worried about NXT with Triple H being back. Is that like, is this comically against me or something? It's I'm, comically against Vince McMahon. Yeah, which would be fine because he's overdue in karma, like paying him back this year, which has been fantastic. Even on this episode, they acknowledge, actually, was this all right all along? Mm-hmm. With an awesome leave the memories alone package about the nonsense <laughs> that we've enjoyed for a year on the same episode that they're putting a bullet in its head. I, I, mm, I'm... I knew it was coming, and I'm you still devastated it, about you? it. Yeah. yeah. What's annoying me is the fact that, A, I don't get to probably bury this show for how perversely entertaining it has been, or so many in-jokes will just get lost like tears in rain. <laughs> lost like tears in rain. Like, we've, we should have kept a massive, massive, massive index of all, all of our bollocks, because there's stuff that we will have forgotten about, mm-hmm. right? And that's going to be compounded Within about three weeks, we'll forget. I've forgotten Natalia was on NXT. And yeah. slapping sense into Cora Jade. Yeah. But they were going to forget all the lovely in-jokes. We should have wrote them all down. Yeah. What annoys me is that NXT Black and Gold was going into the gutter, mm-hmm. the toilet, the Leeds Festival on a Monday morning. Mm. Toilet, that's where those ratings were. And you know what? Over the past two or three months, they've actually yeah. improved for whatever reason they are doing more than acceptable, considering where they were. The D stands for draw. Yeah, Tony D, D Tony Draw Angelo. <laughs> <laughs> and now, because he's just vindictive and petty, good luck, Cody Rhodes. I really don't want you to fail, <laughs> but if he's going to cut off his uh, nose to spite his face, <laughs> then uh, one, it'll take, out some, of <laughs> one, it'll take some time. And two, <laughs> two, it's just uh, it's not exactly best of business. Uh, see, here's the thing. Fact of the matter is that ratings are actually on the upturn, and uh, now you're not really going to get them because Black and Gold was an absolute disaster, and it was a disaster. Loads of people stopped watching. It failed monumentally to draw critical acclaim and dent the discourse. And people are pretending like it was oh. this great thing all along that didn't die for at least two years, and that it's great to have it back. Where was this energy mm-hmm. when Carrion Cross? Beat up Legado del Fantasma oh, all by himself. And then a week later, Legado Fa- del Fantasma said, oh, that doesn't count. We're still good. Take us seriously still. No, I won't. No, I won't because I actually watch the show for more than a week. Where was that energy? Uh, it was great. It was so great. You stopped watching. Mm-hmm. Do you know who hated NXT Black and Gold? Edge. He uh, said to Pete Dunne and Finn Balor, hey, man, if uh, you guys have an NXT match for the ages, maybe I'll have to use my Royal Rumble title shot against one of you. And then just ignored him. Yeah. yeah. Completely ghosted them. Didn't reply to the text message. Nothing. Picked uh, picked Roman Reigns because that was the main event of WrestleMania. Oh, hang on. <laughs> <I just>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Although that was the piped in noise in the Capital Wrestling Center. Yes. Yeah. It's, time. it's time to play the game. What star rating must Edge have awarded um, Finn Balor versus Pete Dunne, or whichever match it was? It was actually fantastic. Yeah, they kicked the crap out of each other. Yeah, I didn't care for it. Uh, go on. Well, no. Edge, what star he, doesn't have a, he doesn't have a newsletter. Oh, yeah, it's two. a game, hence why. It's time to play the That's game. All. I'll say he went two and a quarter. I think he went three and a quarter in that kind of how it was really good, but I felt nothing for it, but you kind of have to be polite. I remember three and a quarter. I think he went, he went three and a half, and he went, everything's three and a half, and yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like, 
I invite people today, right? You're going to, if like the listeners' podcast is a good chance, they've got like a lot of accounts they follow on Twitter, wrestling Twitter. There's a lot of conversation about NXT today. Of course, there is because of this change and things. You are going to read tweets from people that are saying, thank God, black and gold is back. They're putting the new logo up and they're like, Triple H is like the latest thing you saved. It's the first time I've been pissed off with Pepe H. Like, in the same way that Sid was always bothered by Pepe H, I didn't like TK. TK, he's not your friend. None Pepe of H. None of them, TK, none of them are your friends, right? And TK is my mate. This is a careful reminder of that. Like, Cedric wrote 120,000 amazing words about AEW. Insightful. I'm yeah. passionate. Where can you get that? You can actually buy um, a book of 120,000 passionate and insightful words all about the formation and, yes, indeed, rise of AEW title. Becoming All Elite, the rise of AEW, available on whichever domain you're at on Amazon. But I want to read about NXT, Sige. You're not reading about that, have you? <laughs> <laughs> Funny, you should say, <laughs> because I've also written a tome entitled <laughs> Developmental Hell, the NXT story, available on Amazon. Yeah, that second book starting writing now. This was second version of NXT. Like, Ugh. I'm glad Sidgwick's got 120,000 great words about AW because TK can't write one these days. Guy sucks now. But like the first time I've been bothered by... Look at the acclaim. First time I've been bothered by... Uh, by <laughs> Pepe H has been now because all of these Twitter accounts today... Um, you'll see them, like, these people need to be held to account, right? Which is it? Did you either, A, stop watching this show and have just revealed that on the timeline? So glad it's back. Like, no, you're, like, you're pretending that 2015's back. It's not, What's your favourite black and gold match? Yeah. <laughs> or, uh, I'd have to say it was Bailey versus Sasha. <laughs> no, 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 you can't have that. So it's either that or you have absolutely terrible taste and you liked a dreadful show. You know what I haven't seen today amongst this like new logo and black and gold? Nobody has posted the Chrome X with birds and skulls going, uh, thank God this show's back. Ugh. Like the one we were just talking about over the desk the other day. Remember this? Remember the worst thing? This. Like nobody's, because nobody, well, half the people didn't even know it existed because they'd stopped watching. Mm -hmm. Because by objective measures, this show was deemed redundant. <laughs> it needed to be changed, even if the people did like it. In, there was enough evidence out there to suggest this is a busted flush. I can still vividly recall the dread with which we spoke about the dying embers of black and gold and the Capital Wrestling Center and these 18-minute matches that should have been 10 at best. And I was like, fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> How can you care about this intense black trunk wrestler fighting this other intense black trunks wrestler? Like, oh, my God. <laughs> Shut up. Stop lying for clout. You pathetic worms. Can't wait. That's what it's all about, yeah, isn't it? Massive, yeah, massively all about. I cannot wait for Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong to underwhelm in like 12 weeks' time. Cannot wait. Like, I, I'm just so looking forward to reviewing it. What did you make of the holes and the counter holes? Well, yep, they sure were holes and counter holes. But then at least when we say that, I was like, finally, the what culture guys are showing balance. I was sick of them having opinions and favorites and tastes. It's about time they just talked about what went on in the show. Rest of the day to move. Rest of the day to move. Rest of the day to move. See you next week. Well done, but next week. That's it. Cold orange. Cold orange. Oh. And like, it's probably not even going to be Triple H, is it? It's going to be more Shawn Michaels coming in and like pretending that he. Oh, he's still one of the lads. Pretending that he didn't care about. I was just. Uh, I'm Shawn Michaels, and I was just doing what. Uh, I thought Vince McMahon wanted these crazy characters. I like work rate. Do you still like work rate? <laughs> um, I like whatever you like. I like whatever you like. Him, like, I, I would have been the first to call for the return of 90s Sean, so we say, with some of the proclivities that made him the man mm -hmm. he was. Like, as we've, said, we've used this example, we've got him. 
Like CM Punk is Sean and Brett. Like he's, <laughs> he's got the best of both for this like absolute chaos that he's created for better and worse. And then Sean thinks he can just be like, hey, I'm still the same old guy. I said prick. Nah. You can f*** off as well. Like the, Come on, you're sorry, giving him a bloody a shift here. A lot of work there. Um, I'm not having it. Like he's, you're not one of the boys. Just like you and just because your besties were Hank. I, I, I'm so devastated today. On NXT 3.0, or whatever we're going to bloody call it. NXT is what we're going to call yeah, it. Yeah, uh, so my thing's now going to be, not only that, we review Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. just doesn't feel the same. No. Like, um, you know what? I've got faith in you to pull I, I was just about to say, I think you can get a gimmick <laughs> out of this. I'll, I'll work on it. I'll yeah. go away and work. When they have the retaped shows, I'm going to tape all the podcasts for the next two weeks. <laughs> I will, before we get into the show... I will lend you something I did when you were off once for something or other. I mean, Hamlet had to dredge through bloody <laughs> black and gold. Oh, I'm so sorry. I said something effective. Hello and welcome to the uh, next team. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I felt like. Is this taped show going to be the first one of the new era and it, they're going to try and use it to generate buzz? Like there's going to be people taking pictures on their phones of a, hey, check out the new NXT dome. No, no, no that's probably this. stripping it out. That's what they did the last time to make this happen, I think. Yeah. There, there was a taped show... That wasn't because, uh, you know, like, there's NHL or something, so let's just do one. I don't know. I think they did it last time so they could actually build the thing. Mm. Yeah, because you look at the, uh, I was looking at this earlier, the matches that they've already announced for this, uh, they don't feel like just grumpy matches straight off the bat. Where are we? Uh, Axiom versus Nathan Fraser. I mean, that's borderline. Like, they know what they're trying to... yeah. What's it? It's a Trojan horse, that isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Cora Jade versus Wendy Chu. Mm, yeah, that's 2.0 is trying to cling on. Now, this is old. This is 3.0. Tyler Beard versus GD McDonough. Oh, God almighty. But then you've also got locker room leader Sanger versus Von Wagner. Great. Great. <laughs> so we got a little bit of yeah. still. But you know what I was thinking? Because it was one of the things that we forgot to mention yesterday in our, like, if you haven't listened to it, go and check out our preview from yesterday because it was just us, mainly for about half an hour, recapping our favourite moments of the past year. Do you know what I forgot? On the new version of NXT, how many times do you reckon someone who's the number one contender is going to uh, home alone, the, um, <laughs> world, the world champion and her mates? Do you remember that when she set all those traps? I remember one and of the And then she ones. finally got her hands on the belt and went, oh, the belt, and then got her head kicked in by the little... You know what's Mandy better Rose. than that? You know what's better than that? It's um, someone winning a match... Holding the title aloft, staring oh, into the hard camera. Oh. The next challenger emerges on the entrance ramp. Oh. And, like, you can't really see this on an audio medium, but he's just going to go like this. He's sneering and pointing, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe. Yeah, that's, that's, that's mine, that is. That's Maybe absolutely mine. I want to go back. I know there's no That's absolutely mine. I'm going to take it back to my apartment in Dublin. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I want to eat your spleen. <laughs> I know there's no take up cut when I have a shave. Actually, it's better. Oh, a little hard on, actually. <laughs> <laughs> maybe these hated rivals ahead of the big TV specials, whatever mm-hmm. the takeovers are, maybe they, they hate each other so much that maybe they can stand there for a posed picture in different parts of the building as their go-home angle from the, the big spotlights rivalry. go on only then, though. And only then. Oh, God. You may be to pass a champ or I'll come back for one week. God, I've missed this place. Hang on. <laughs> what places do you like, Tommy? <laughs> what places are you into? There's a bit of me, perversely, like you say, they're going to change everything, but there's a bit of me that hopes that the spirit of NXT 2.0 stays alive and you have, to, like, it's dead. No, no. Quincy, yeah. Quincy Elliott in the fight pit or something like that. <laughs> That's pretty great, actually. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe like you say with the Von Wagner Sanger match, there's like there's ways to make some of this work. Like it's gonna go 18 minutes, mate. Oh god. Von you like chin locks. Look like dickheads on Twitter telling you it's five stars. When it isn't. When it My isn't. Horrid cage, cage match told me NXT UK was just a Oh, Banger Jesus. factory. They're basically justified Jim Smallman keeping his job, haven't they? He's going to be so busy reviewing all his matches. It's another 10. Sorry, sorry, Lester Fox King, 1996. <laughs> um, Emily Heskey 4, whatever he goes by in cage match. Okay, now. Uh, right, let's review this show, because I, I had a great time. No party, no party. <laughs> there, there, there will not be any parties, I'll tell you that. I'll tell you that for free. I had a great... Yeah, but apart from the one that Kiss Kantara Tana Chancer attended. <laughs> oh, it's a party. Love the uh, the clips of the Legion of Doom. Oh, my God. Shoulder pads. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the thing. Just at the last second, they gave us a glimpse of what we've been calling for. We'll get to it in, in due course, but oh, we'll get to it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it was just, I, yeah, I loved this show up until the last 30 seconds, basically. I had a great time watching it. At the end, was pretty cruel, wasn't it, as well? It was like, uh, hey, not only here's all these highlights, these nice things you like, we've still got some wacky characters. S- Sang is still letting people know that, hey, when you're back, we're going to be waiting for you. Locker room leader stuff. And then uh, Bron Breaker has this like awesome profile piece. of like, hang on, you've justified that this project might have actually worked. Kill it. <laughs> Just have to... well, if that, I, bet that, I bet he'll get rid of the rainbow belt. Like that as well. Love that little splash of colour. Yeah, the literal dying of the light. It's going to go back to like just this. I love the iridescent. Yeah, I think that is the effect. It's like the reverse of you know when you've seen a movie and someone's like the fi- eyes are finally open to you don't know whatever it may be, and now it's just like oh, you were in the matrix the whole time. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the planet of the Apes. Oh, put me back in. But yeah, I can't tell the goddamn difference. Yeah, the I, I, I got that in the matrix. It's like right, okay, yeah, this, like, this world. It's like right, okay, well. To see the truth, you have to like live in this hovel. <laughs> just, go, just go back in. It was, yeah, Cypher was the good guy. I think he's got a point, actually. Yeah, I do want to be put it, back uh, in. Can you imagine being in the bit where it's like, oh, this is a real world that you want to get into? Do I? I saw the food that they were serving there, and it did not look as good. No. <laughs> just slop. Have <laughs> some slop. And hang around with Keanu Reeves for a bit, if you want. But you can have different hair when you go into the mouth. Have some slop and hang around with Keanu James. If you go into the Matrix, you can like... Hey, she's uh, got a work briefcase. She was, she was, I, I genuinely think in between tags, she was doing a bit of work She'd been side. doing a business, hasn't she? Yeah. She the purpose of the Matrix is, right, go out of it to like co- recode the system so you can go back into the Matrix and have martial arts. It's like, well, that's cool. Yeah. So I just walk around, held, held high. If anyone wants to try and kick my ass, actually, I can kick your ass. So you can walk around like King Dick. Useful access of reality on the Matrix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just like... Uh, uh, the blend between the two worlds is the best way, but that's actually what they're trying to do with this. yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about. So we talk about the show. It's going to go on for like two hours. So is the Matrix basically like Apollo Crews? I've seen the future, and I'm not going to do anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apollo Crews sees this future and pokes himself in the eye twice. <laughs> no. Uh, right. So we opened with the steel cage match for those tag titles, all the tag titles, basically. It was pretty deadly uh, versus the Creed brothers. And for a WWE steel cage match, I had a bloody good time watching this. Creed brothers. Oh. I did. Bro- I did. I like this. Creed Brothers uh, started strong, dominating early on. They go for the old stereo catapult, but of course, pretty deadly as the heels just use that as a springboard effect. So you try and escape the cage. Uh, Creed's go after them. Then there's a, a series of tandem moves. Pretty deadly hit a dry martini. Creed's fight back and powerbomb them each into a cage. Um, and Julius Creed, who's probably going to be one of the few breakout stars of, of 
the new, maybe the Doku NXT, <laughs> does a mint uh, springboard Spanish fly uh, catching one of the uh, catching one of Pretty Deadly when they're on the top rope, having been pulled down from an attempted climb out. Um, that takes us through a break. When we come back, um, Julius is is up on the turnbuckle. I think possibly even trying to escape, which is the old, oh, that's good for a baby face, but still pretty deadly hit him with this huge superplex off the top of the cage. Uh, in comes Brutus. Um, but they try and do the same to Brutus. Julius saves him, and then they do their, we talked. We said there was something, we're going to do something bonkers in here. It wasn't quite as bad as a cannonball off the top of the cage, but it was effectively a doomsday device cannonball, which I think they called a butterball on commentary. Then, of course, as we predicted, Damon Kemp shows up um, to cost the Creed brothers. Effectively, uh, he climbs, jumps on the cage, starts brawling over the top of the uh, over the top of it with Julius Creed. Um, and in the in the midst of all this, somehow he handcuffs Julius Creed to the uh, to the steel cage, and he can't rip the handcuffs off. He can't break the the cage or anything like that. He's just stuck up there. So Brutus has to has to basically do two on one against Pretty Deadly, which he does pretty well for a bit. Um, he chucks them both around. There's even a spot where one of them tries to escape, and he's dragging that one back in. Whilst he's got another one, I don't know, over his shoulder or something, and. Even uh, Julius can get involved briefly, trying to choke one of them out. Wilson, I think it was. Uh, but in the end, pretty deadly hit him with their uh, spilt milk finisher. He kicks out, but then they just chuck him into the uh, steel cage several times. Hit him a second time with spilt milk. One, two, three. Pretty deadly retain once again, thanks to Damon Kemp. So I thought there were substantial Vince Russo-sized logic flaws in the ending sequence of this match. Pretty deadly, like, being terrified of the, you know, like, the situation they found themselves in and just trying to escape made total sense. Like, they were making sense of a stupid WWE cage match with the escape rules, but then towards the end, one of them's handcuffed. Just escape. Like, stop trying to beat them up and get the win. Just leave. And But I was able to switch that off because I, like, was quite enamoured with the action here. Uh, NXT 2.0 saving cage matches. And welcome, AW, but you stay in the three-sided thing. Um, the props... Look good, like getting handcuffed to that cage, and then you can see like the wall being apart, and like the crease trying to like bulldoze it down that and not great, being able yeah. to be like I was invested in. Oh, you're actually quite close to doing this because if you boot strength and you just can't get it done, the deployment of the cannonball in a panic was inspired. Like, what a great way to drop that in. Pretty deadly, the perfect act to be yeah. complete cowards in this situation. Handcuffed stuff like has this odd effect on me of like I think it's super dramatic. Seeing like the guy handcuffed and like watching their partner or a family member or whatever take the beating always works really well in wrestling. Um, Damon Kemp looks like he's thought this through, so he's like a pretty effective heel as well. So I just I enjoyed the drama in spite of like the absolute stupidity mm-hmm. of Pretty Deadly just not walking out with the first opportunity. I like them; they're great. Yeah, it's one of those where as soon as you get something stupid, it just tarnishes everything that led up to it. Like. The finish is vital to the story of any professional wrestling match. I just thought this finish was absolute bollocks, so I just couldn't really enjoy anything I saw as a result, even though I did like the way they explored the dynamic and each set of characters with the way that they worked the match itself, which, as Hamphill pointed out, by WWE cage match standard, was quite sound with the characters. But, my God, you said, and somehow, within the fracas, he gets cuffed to the cage. So, somehow about it, I saw Damon Kemp hold them. He did a useless job of trying to obscure what he had in his hands. (laughs) So when he was going for it, I knew exactly what was going on, and it kind of took a while, and if I could see it, maybe the Creed brother affected, the the afflicted Creed brother could have actually saw what was going on. If it was like a twist, then if it fooled me, I could have believed that it fooled 
crucially, the baby face. But he was just like, did he do a bad job of hiding them or just not hide them at all? I just He wasn't hiding them, was he? Like, he just came in for the fight and then had them on him. Yeah. yeah. So then it took, like, ages for it to happen, and then, like, the creed had to go... Oh, bloody hell, what's happening? <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, I knew what was happening here about 20 seconds before you did, so you're an idiot. I don't like you anymore, even though you're, even though you're the baby face. Then Pretty Deadly could have just, right, quickly, smash and grab. He's trapped. Kill him quickly. Just basically throw him away and we'll run out. Obviously, yes, you have to sell, but still, it was just a little Spilt milk for the two count was unnecessary. Spilt milk and leave. Spilt. Don't go for the pins. Yeah. Just leave. Yeah. Like, I know they were trying to keep him over by having him kick out from one finish. Just hit the finish and go. And it's also they didn't have the idea to leave, or they didn't think it was a good idea to leave, because they spent the first three minutes of this match <laughs> frantically trying to leave. And yes, this could have exp- expended some energy, but useless finish. Could have been better if they'd made an attempt to hide it behind his back, or if he had, like, street clothes, and it was, like, in his junk. <laughs> like, you know, like, he got out the last minute. It's like, all right, okay. Ah, genius. Stupid. NXT 3.0 is stupid, but the thing is, I like ranting about it. Mm. Mm. Ranting about bad wrestling turns me on. <laughs> and it might seem We like all have our vices. <laughs> mine just happens to be burying NXT 2.0. So you might seem, well, hang on. You complain about everything. There's two types of complaining. Yes. There's one where I can get fired up and talk about the stupidity and kind of do jokes. I'm talking about his cock. You should have put a hand. Uh, that's funny. Yeah. The... I still remember the voice, the mm-hmm. tone of voice I used, What like recapping Black and Gold in its death throes. And I was like, yeah, match happened, and much like everything else, it was five minutes too long, and uh, I was just bored senseless, and I can't think of anything to say. Punches in the corner are quite good, but um, Only Larkin feels dilated since Bloodsport, doesn't he? There you go. That's yeah, some, that's yeah, some yeah. review of a snatch of an Only Larkin match from three months' time. Cannot wait. Uh, right, so we go backstage and they reveal the winner of the vote to see who's going to face Carmelo Hayes for his North American Championship. The highlight of this for me was the moment uh, they said, Wesley, I'm wagging Storm straight off. <laughs> Storm's off. Wed. Wesley, I thought, oh, okay, good. That'll be a good, enjoyable match. But we all know who's going to you know, leave with the North American Championship. Lee talks about being excited for the opportunity. And Joe Gacy uh, says, uh, I accept this. Still have important work to do tonight. Nice little tease, nice little hook for the rest of the show. Um, and then, yeah, this was a, one of the first of many video packages where I got a tear in my eye for just how great these past 52 weeks have been. And, uh, yeah, it was the ominous that I thought. Yeah. Um, and then we got uh, Fallon Henley versus Lash Legend. Happy birthday. I took a turd on your cake. <laughs> um, well, a really nice touch, I thought, this. Um Fallon Henley versus Lash Legend. Fallon comes out with uh, Boris Johnson and Sir Wanks a lot. And um, the Night Howler. The Night Howler. Mason, the Night Howler Ramirez. What a gimmick. Um, who uh, He's from Connor's Cure, of course. And, and just he looked like he was just having the best time. Yeah. Um, it's really simple stuff, this, but it, it warmed the cockles of my heart, this. Uh, and they kept the match relatively brief as and well. And somebody needs to steal Night Howler. <laughs> yes. Because class. Night Howler rules. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Fallon Henley and, and Lash Legend did not go too long. They did the absolute appropriate amount of time, kept it brief, kept it simple. Henley gets a bit of offense. Kept Lash- it safe. 
Yeah. Lash Legend gets a bit of offense. She cuts off Henley um, but uh, and, and puts her in like a body vice at one point. Uh, but Henley makes a comeback. Springbo- springboard, Bulldog, Shining Wizard, one, two, three. Uh, and then not only does Henley celebrate, she celebrates with the Night Owler. I love this. But there was also a little bit of perverse amusement to be had like a couple of segments later. So, all right, okay, well, I can't talk about masturbating because there's a small, like, young child yes. um, in the vicinity of this character's direction this week. Nope, I was wrong. <laughs> You're not going to like me for this, Willborn, right? And I'm going to repeat this take later because it happened in another match which was actually dreadful. This was remarkably fine yeah. for what it was, right? One of the harshest sentences I've ever put to... Um, Digital paper mm-hmm. in my capacity as a content producer for whatculture.com, right? I thought it was just a really funny, kind of scathing, but very insightful way of just capturing something, right? As a fan of the Iconics, Willborn, you're not going to like me, right? Okay. For saying this. But I once remarked that Billy Kay bumped like a felled tree. <laughs> <laughs> and the one that just takes a while to go. It's like, oh, just where's the snap? <laughs> And Fallon Henley kind of has that same kind of quality where it's like, po- face is posted against the ring post. <laughs> and it's like, where's your snap? Yeah. Where's your snap? So there's no snap here. There's worse snap later on in the broadcast. But um, no, honestly, the Night Howler, like, what a gimmick. It just sounds like, if that was like in the papers, you'd think, oh, Christ, I'm going to lock me doors and Night yeah. Howlers out. <laughs> Night holders at large. His face was a picture. Yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Love this sort of stuff. Like, it's 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 never not great, is it? Whenever they do this sort of thing, on the match, like, yeah, this was just like a basics, basics, fundamental job. But like, don't just say goodbye to the nonsense of NXT 2.0. Say goodbye to this as well, because Triple H's NXT was a useless developmental, and that's what this match was. Like, NXT 2.0 has been a better developmental than about three years of Triple H's black and gold, while still so being say, terrible. Yeah. So say a bite of this. <laughs> say a bite of this as well. Shake a bite. Shake a bite. Two wrestlers trying to get better. Because <laughs> Triple H is going to bring in what he thinks is the best of what's left out there to have two and three quarter star matches. You're not going to get this. Like, because had this gone wrong, we were like, whoa, that went wrong. <laughs> like, they're, they're not good at this. Mm. Let's see some more of it. Like, <laughs> none of that. Uh, backstage, Ulyssa Leon uh, has uh, exiting the trainer's room. She's got a brace on her leg. She reveals it's torn. She's going to be out for nine months Valentina Ferroz is there to comfort her. But there also is the uh, locker room leader, Sanger. <laughs> You're going to get through this. I've had a lot of injuries in my time. I've been up and down these roads 35 years. I've had a grand total, <laughs> a grand total of Chex Cage Max. Six matches on NXT. And, no, uh, if, you, if you run those roads as hard as I did, <laughs> you, you might up with different knees, actually, after all this time. You can, the thing is, you never give up. You can get surgery. Hell, you can get replacement knees. Yeah, don't stop running these roads, even though I've only kind of run one road, actually. And it's, yeah. it's in and out of the performance center. <laughs> don't start working. Don't, don't start sleeping. Because when you look in that mirror, you need to say to yourself, nice try, big man, but I don't sleep. I was going to say, he's going to take Valentina Ferroz into the desert now, because <laughs> it's her time. One of these days, we're going to take that cast on your leg. We're going to make a coat out of it. You're going to remember these dark times. Believe me, you're going to be back. and You're going to be on that stage. Your injury layoff is actually going to be longer than my career. <laughs> so I don't know where I get the authority to see this, but somehow it's happening. Keep your, keep your chin up, kid. <laughs> they brought, brought Strowman back, and when Omos came out, they, they pulled the plug on Raw. I don't think it's a good time for Giants in this business. And I, it's something I know about it's this business. <laughs> 
anyway, in the, midst, in the midst of all this, We're like we had fun with this bit. They keep making it a thing. Mm-hmm. Like the, it's like everything. Also, had a flashback on this show to uh, when he did the whole cannonball. cannonball. Thing, <laughs> when they did the whole, here's what you got coming up on the show. Whilst people trying to have sex around a pool, basically. Yeah. Just obsessed with an episode of NXT. What are you doing at the pool party tonight? Probably watching the place we work on our phones. Can I tell it to your... Yeah, thanks. <laughs> anyway, in storms Van Wagner. Uh, he's pissed about not winning that vote. And uh, Sanger says, hey, 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 there's a little old lady's present. Did, was there a swear ever uttered? I rewinded this quite a few times. I think he was about to, and thankfully. Back, that, the thing is, Von Wagner, bless him, is so useless. <laughs> it's, it's not as if he was going to say something to the effect of, yeah, man, I'm absolutely, fu- hey, <laughs> a little ears present, and then he can't hear your profanity. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait for, like, Wish.com, Roman Drew out of this as well. These big lads doing out and Rick Joseph be like, the people have come unglued! <laughs> as they just lie in there, sweating and knocking off a double down off a charge. <laughs> yeah, they go face to face. And uh, Stone, sh- save it, Vaughn! And that's saved for next week. So, Make him wait. Uh, and then this is the point where, for some reason, they binned off the Night Howler and... Uh, Fallon Henley, Boris Johnson, so wanks a lot of walking backstage, and they bump into Toxic Attraction, and this was it. This was the, ah, they've not forgotten, because Sir wanks a lot, takes his hat off, because he's late as a present, and says, oh, oh, uh, oh, Mandy, I just want to say, uh, I really liked your uh, your Instagram post. You you looked amazing, and so did your title. She's like, in your dreams. And he's like, how do you know you've been in my dreams? Anyway, Henley gets into it with uh, Mandy Rose and uh, has to be led away. I did like Mandy Rose's line here. I thought for once, you know, they're like, like, was was quite a good clap back. And she's like, oh, yeah, I remember when I won my first match. Because suddenly she's giving it the big end. She's won, like, one match, basically. (laughs) That was um, a famous, uh, what's he called? The old uh, Steve Martin, is that his name? Comedian? Comedian, yeah. Whenever he got, his response to a heckle was, remember when I had my first beer? Yeah. Nice. Thoughts on Sir Wanks a lot? Uh, maybe it's not all bad that some things need to go. Like, no, I'll keep this. Yeah, this well, is the only good bit of this, the, these characters. I was getting, the prob- that's it, the problem, like, the, the funny bit is the wanking stuff, and he's going to try and turn these one-star wrestlers into two-star wrestlers, and I don't want to see that. Like, keep them as joking guns, not smoking guns. But the thing I is, guess. it's like, it's, if you still... If he's still, like, thirsty and horny on main, then mm. that says entertainment value to be had here, as opposed to him just being like, yeah, I'm a big, tough guy. So, so, so I did like this, because it's the, the craft of the joke was so terrible, right? Because it's not like tits and title. You don't really get those, no, like, mechs. It's written like, down, it makes, it looks yeah, similar. Yeah, 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 but it's not like, um, what's a good example I could use for this? Uh... Uh, the, the, one of the best South Park gags, right, and maybe we can get away with a bleep without bleeping here, is when um, Stan and Wendy break up and um, Timmy tries to relay a message from Stan and it's, uh, Stan says you're a c- Stan says you're a c- Stan says you're a c- Stan says you're a, c- says you're a c- con- continuing source of inspiration. <laughs> and there's one on Arrested Development as well when he went to Tobias and Lindsay having this argument for the ages, and then um, the daughter maybe 
Yeah. Comes down. Oh my God, you're such a country music. That's <laughs> a way to do it. Tits tot title. That's not a shut up, man. You gotta craft note. But that's what I love. Yeah. I love yeah. the uselessness of this brand. I like you should probably bleep those. Yeah. I suppose like we find in here, remember like the DX two thousand six run where like Triple H still wanted to be like by the way, I don't know if you knew this, but I, uh, I'm actually a proper sex haver. Sean's into God now, but me, I still like women. I like, still get sucked off behind tables. <laughs> Every week, D was being objectified as a gag. But the thing was, they were smiling. So I was like, I'm glad to be part of this, actually. <laughs> and we're just like learning about like... I've always wanted to suck his cack. <laughs> <laughs> like we know fundamentally he's quite boring. But like we learn about, he's like, it's quirky ginks. So he doesn't mind sex stuff, like locker room jock, wank stuff, uh, home invasions, and gallus. Apparently, like... Oh. like like that's like Triple H's got five things and we're just we're going to see what they are and they're the things that get to stick around in the black and gold era uh, write that down remember that for the preview next week we'll all bring a list of five <laughs> that we think may, may stick around in the new version it's time to play the game Fave five Fave five Triple H's Fave Triple five Triple H's Fave five <laughs> what 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 <laughs> <laughs> I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. And this is Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. We are a new show breaking down the anime news, views, and shows you care about each and every week. I can't think of a better studio to yeah. bring something like this to life. And yeah, I agree. We're covering all the classics. If I don't know a lot about Godzilla, which I do, but I'm trying to <laughs> pretend that I don't right Hold now. it in. Hold on. And our current faves. And Luffy must have his due. <laughs> Tune in every week for the latest anime updates and possibly a few debates. Oof. I remember, what was that? <laughs> say what you're going to say and I'll circle back. You can listen to Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect every Friday wherever you get your podcasts. And watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Hey everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. 
So then Toxic Attraction, uh, they head to the ring to cut a promo. Uh, Mandy says she's back. She's been off on holiday, obviously. She's feeling feeling and looking better than ever. Uh, she took out the best two women in NXT UK history at World's Cup. Sorry, yet. Uh, World's Collard. Uh, the opposite? Other way around? <laughs> My brain just had a little bit of a moment there. World's Collide. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Uh, when NXT Europe begins, she's going to run that as well if she wants to. Uh, JC Jane says oh, it's how appropriate that the three biggest stars of NXT are here for the anniversary show. They're the best super group in NXT. They elevated the tag team title, says Shiji, uh, to be the most important in the industry. Um, and they're on the they're on loan, says JC to uh, Katana Chance and Caden Carter. Uh, Mandy says they're the baddest bitches in the room. Uh, and they've proven that for a year. Two times, soon to be three time tag team champions and the soon to be longest women's NXT women's champion in history. Says, look, Braun and Mello are great champions. They just haven't had their titles as long as I have. Out comes Alba Fire to interrupt. Um, she says, Man- Mandy, you may have unified both those tales, <laughs> but you know nothing. You know nothing. I, I like Kaylee Race. I'm going to do that. You know nothing uh, about where I'm from. Um, in Scotland, we don't brag to hear the sound of our voice. We let our work speak for ourselves. Mm. I'm a battle tested warrior, something about fire. Uh, Quite like themselves, the Scottish. I do, yeah. Like Colin Hendry was a footballer. He wasn't William Wallace, but you wouldn't think so, the way he went on all of the time. Jesus Christ. I wish they could just all be Ali McCoist. Yeah. <laughs> Ali McCoist rules. Yeah. Um, gets in the ring anyway after threatening Mandy. Obviously, the numbers game normally catches up to someone here, but she's got a bat. She takes out Gigi Doni. She takes out JC Jane. K- Mandy goes to take her out, and she gets hit with the uh, KLR bomb, and uh, Gigi and JC have to pull Mandy to safety, and she has to grab her belt at the last second. Fine, like she, it, the bat's not on fire anymore. It's just got a bit of red on it, like but it's, it's burned out. Yeah, <laughs> like everything else. Is it hot embers? Is that the? I think it's like you know the Homer at the Bat episode of The Simpsons. Someone at ringside every time out of fire doing the Mister Burns like <laughs> <laughs> the sim signals. <laughs> <laughs> Triple H telling NXT all of NXT to shave its sideburns. <laughs> I don't really watch that. It's so good. Ugh. What I hate about this, oh. <laughs> again, in a love to hate way, yeah. was uh, the implication of this like bit. The point that they were trying to get across was like uh, toxic attraction, uh, all talk, no action, like an artificial act. It just. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's just loaded up Monty Pens. <laughs> doing the, the gif of him doing the symbols. <laughs> Wiggle. <laughs> With the tongue out. <laughs> so the implication here is like she's a real wrestler and uh, toxic attraction. Uh, there's three artificial bitches and all the rest of it. <laughs> and all the rest of it. <laughs> and all that. And all that. Right, pal. So Alva comes out. I'm going to tell you how fake and phony all you are. Keep going. And uh, I'll do this under a cloud of dry ice. This is back by smoke. So it's like, it's all (laughs) (laughs) It's all complete shit. Sorry, that's the last swear I'll do. I'm not going to swear again all week because of the guilt I feel of the work I made for you today. It's fine. Have they not done, like in this long Mandy Rose run, where it was like, if we pair her with enough... Oh, they've done this about... They've done this. Yeah, they've yeah, done, yeah, like, done like Alba Fire. But, but, like, now, it's... Because of the whole new NXT shift, it's like, oh, like... 
Kaylee Ray is good, and we shouldn't hold this against her, but that probably means that she stands a chance of beating her yeah. this time around. Like, I'd probably rather just see out this Mandy Rose run and try and get to Roxanne Perez, no? Yeah. That's the match, isn't it? That's the... Yeah. Mm. Uh, speaking of Roxanne Perez, we get a, a, a video from Cora Jay talking about how bloody great she is. Um, she talks about her time in, in the, over the past year of, of NXT, and this was the point where I was like, oh, yeah, she did the thing with Natalia. I forgot about that. Um, talks about Roxanne Perez coming in and basically how she's developed, blah, 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 and then she had to drop her like a bad habit. Uh, sky's the limit. Change of attitude has meant that she's become a star. I think she's got new tattoos now as well. Um, she's going to be the top star this time next year. Um, and uh, she's going to be the number one woman in the entire industry in a year. And then we cut to Mackenzie with Wendy Chu, who uh, says, what a load of bollocks, effectively. That generation of Jade's only because she's jealous of Roxanne. Um, she's got rid of anyone because she can't handle that. And, uh, oh, yeah, because there was sort of Cora Jade slagging off everyone, saying, oh, I can see where Doxy Attraction kind of come from nowadays. Um Wendy says, I may dress silly, but I'm a smart person. And then in comes Lash Legend to s- start some stuff between the two of them. They basically set up two different uh, programs here. Yeah. Cora Jade and Wendy Chu and Wendy Chu and Lash Legend. And I just want them to do Cora Jade versus Roxanne Perez. Get, uh, come on. Yeah. I'm bored of it now. Just do it again. The Cora Jade thing, like, it's WWE, so you're always going to get, uh, like, tell not show, unfortunately. That's how they do it. But, like, it was effective in the sense that, again, like, why are you binning off this thing that might have actually worked? Like, why are you getting rid of this project that might have actually been successful? Cora Jade has actually developed as a talent over mm-hmm. the year. This showed that. They should just do it through the stories instead. But this was an exhibition that, oh, in one year, you can make steps forward in your life. And in the next year, I'm going to do this. I, I quite like that. Mm-hmm. Lots of evidence on this show. That maybe this show has worked. And then they're like, yeah, like, we're going to kill the show. Like, quite a lot of it on this specific yeah. episode ahead of telling you that they're killing it. Uh, right, in this weird sort of, yeah, end of season episode, we get a debut. We finally get Quincy Elliott. The super diva is here. He turns up on his scooter to a huge reception. Uh, his uh, entrance is him on a sort of spinning chair doing a bit of a pose. Yeah. Did, who did he say? He sort of talked about this on Twitter. Whose gear was he sort of uh, calling back to here? There was a King Mabel at yeah, the height of his 1995 it. pomp with the purple and the gold and the black. It looked very nice. Uh, and he was facing some chump called Sean Gallagher. Um, and Wade Barrett didn't know what to do, where to look, especially when Quincy Elliott, during the match and prior to the match, in, in, in Wade's own words, gyrated quite a lot. He was like grinding against the uh, the ring post and the turnbuckle as he was walking to the ring. Oh, Wade, chill out, mate. He, Why uh, would Wade... I have a problem with this. Mm. It's a bit odd. I don't... There was overtones to all of this that I did not like, specifically as it pertains to Wade Barrett's reaction to the character. But the character itself... Not on Wade, of course. That's going to be fed to him. Oh, why I? Why I? Why I? And, Because, uh, you know, Wade Barrett is playing a fictional character just like everyone on the show is. Uh, but, you know, Quincy was very over. He's not going to win any match of the years. But... It's not quite when the bell rang either because he's just going to be a fun spot guy who everything he does gets a reaction. Bonsai yeah. drops rule. Yeah. Bonsai drops rule so hard, always. We had a former colleague in this parish, Benjamin Richardson, who very um, analytically put it to me that the Bonsai drop is the best finishing move in all of wrestling. And we developed this idea and we arrived at the conclusion that, yes, it is. Not only do you have someone potentially caving in your chest, 
not only is it so hard to avoid because the sheer surface area you need to get out the way of is just so vast that it's really physically impossible to escape. And it's only somebody doing it with a sizable butt axe. Like, you're yeah. not going to get a small guy doing it. Yeah. So perfectly in character as well. Mm-hmm. But not only would it be very hard or an athletic agility, whatever level to escape it, the psychological torture of thinking, right, if I attempt to escape it, depending on how slowly or otherwise I move my head, it can actually go worse for me <laughs> if he lands right in my face and not my chest. Um, so, yes, the bonsai drop absolutely rules. Really like Quincy Elliott, though, excited. Well, okay. I would have been excited. I don't know if I am anymore to see what he does going forward. He's the Creed Brothers of this re-switch, isn't he? Because they just just about kicked off in the... Like, they were the one fun thing on Black and Gold. And then it was, oh, they're still here at 2.0. It's going to be fine. Let's see if Quincy can do that journey the other way. Mm-hmm. Uh, backstage, we have... Here we go! Chatting with Mackenzie Mitchell. Of course, he's got that tag match. Who's his partner? He hasn't got any friends. Um, <laughs> so he says, uh, I haven't got a uh, partner, but uh, whether I'm a man down or a man up, you're a man down. Um, he's still going to be the man going, to the moon. Um, You can probably tell I was pretty jazzed about these mm. three lads getting in the ring together. Uh, and then Wesley's warming up until he gets head kicked in by Mellow and Trick. Uh, a great beat down, slamming his head in really a good. locker. Really good. Really enjoyed that. Uh, and then we got Cameron Grimes, basically in a handicap match, against Tony D'Angelo. Hey, me, Stax. Oh, hi, Stax. Hey, hey, hey there, buddy. How's it going? I'm, I'm all right, actually. I'm a little bit worried about the direction facing our beloved NXT 2.0. Um, uh, now that you're here, <laughs> thanks for dropping yeah. in. And uh, what are you, are you anxious? Or you? Tell you, you and me both, Sidgy. I don't know what this <laughs> This show's got to offer me. I got to hit up two dimes whose name I can't remember in AEW <laughs> now. What's he called? Cole Carter. Oh, God, yeah, not good. Uh, <laughs> not so good, Al. Tammy, what do you say? I, I was going to ask you, how was the uh, traffic both ways? Because we know you had to leave it late to get to the show last night, but you made it on time. You oh, were it was time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Sorry, I've got a few more. Just before you leave, Stax, while I've got you here. Who is it? John Harrison, by the way. He's, I was going to shout out on Twitter. I will get this for next week. Has suggested a door opening and door closing sound effect <laughs> when Stax pops into the podcast. Yeah, that's be like, in Orlando soon. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> right, Stax. So... Yeah. We think that um, the new NXT is going to trend in a more sort of like in-ring work rate direction. Um, are there any sort of like indies you can see yourself hitting? No, how do you think you're going to adjust? I think uh, I got a finger in a few pies, if you know what I'm talking about. We still got the waste management business, so I can step back into that. And we got the airline, of course. Tony the airline. Uh, we play the Godfather. <laughs> Pretzels and you uh, go f- yourself. You don't like any of that. It's uh, stacks. Yep. It's been a week, but the topic is still hot, and nobody has stopped to get your thoughts on it. What's your take on CM Punk, the Elite, the press conference, everything that took place? You know, from the other side of the divide. Well, let me just say, I'm a big fan of muffins. <laughs> First and foremost, and uh, in this line of business. You got to deal with a lot of empty-headed f- so I can see where it's coming from. I've just got two more questions, please, Stax. Uh, let me just check. Yeah, I got time. Okay, okay. Um, I just don't really get the chance to, like, chat that often. <laughs> it's usually 
around this time of week, and then you're gone. <laughs> Wilborn, I'm trying to talk to Starks. Sorry, guys. Uh, Starks, who's your favourite wrestler of all time? Oh, that's a good old question. I gotta go doing the clown. He's a funny guy. <laughs> funny how? Funny like a clown. That's how he's funny. <laughs> oh, Stacks, it brings me so much joy in my life. Oh, uh, you too, and your books. Like your books. Uh, thank you, Stacks. Oh, that's good of you, Stacks. Thank you, Stacks, man. Anyway, got gotta to go, guys. Well, actually, I, I've got one more question. Okay, one more. One more question. <laughs> um, what's your favorite band? Oh, now that is a question I have not prepared an answer for. <laughs> I gotta go. Oh, like solo artist. I got it. It's Hootie and the Blowfish. <laughs> <laughs> bye, guys. Bye, bye, Stacks. Bye, bye Stacks. See you later, man. <laughs> He's getting he's a his own spin-off podcast, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. He's a good egg, he's stacked. I man. like stacks, yeah. yeah. I hope he's all right after this NXT <laughs> change of thing. <laughs> I really want someone to go, heard you on the podcast the other day. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> seen this? <laughs> I am going to fly to England and kick, <laughs> his, and kick his scrawny ginger ass. Uh, right, so then it was uh, Stax and whoever he tags with uh, versus Cameron Grimes in a handicap match. Stax starts off because obviously he's the star of the team now. Um, get- <laughs> That's it, like Tony D is dead. Yeah, sorry, oh, Tony. Oh, a whole year of it. Who? He's this loser he's tagging with with big Stax. Went and found himself a partner. One week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Stax gets dropped with a running shoulder. Um, <sighs> do you like the. Uh- I mean, elements of white gear here from uh, they the look boys. amazing. Yeah, like on entrance, especially that, uh, the velour tracksuits remain oh. divine choices from Tony D. Um, yeah, numbers game because Tony comes in and starts beating him up. Numbers game catches up to Cameron Grimes. He puts him in trouble, and then who should run down to partner Cameron Grimes? Yeah, you could see this coming a mile off. It's Joe Gacy, of course, and he gets in Grimes' corner and he fires up. Remember that clip of the Undertaker, but yeah. from a while back when he gets the water, and he's like, "Let's go!" Oh, it was Sanger-esque. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's like, Cameron, tag me, tag me. And Cameron Grimes can't believe what he's seen. He's like, no, I'm not going to tag you, you're weird. Um, so Grimes makes his own comeback, but then there's a counter, and he falls backwards into his corner, and Gacy slaps him, tags himself in. He runs wild. Uh, Grimes is recovered at this point and starts yelling at Gacy, I don't need you, I don't want your help, etc., cetera, et cetera. Uh, But then here comes the, the family, and uh, they have to get back to, you know, wrestling. And uh, a parade of big moves, basically. Uh, I just love that running Spanish fly from Cameron Grimes. Like, every mm. time it pops me. Hits that on Stacks. Uh, Grimes hits D'Angelo with the cave-in. And Stacks turns around for that uh, handspring lariat mint finisher that Joe Gacy's got for the one, two, three. This is the one and maybe only time that I'm fine with the family losing. But post-match, Grimes shouts at Gacy... Piss off you. I didn't need your help. I don't like you. You're weird. And uh, there's obviously the gay egg. And they're saying, join the gym. And when he says no, they kick the crap out of him and put the smiley face uh, badge on his chest. This was uh, a quite a well-worked, actually, match that was more of an angle than a match. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really enjoyed it as a result because the work was pretty good. Um, one, of Cam- like one of the best Cameron Grimes performances in ages, really, because some of his matches and angles felt like pretty rudderless. Mm-hmm. And there was a load of character stuff happening. And I quite enjoyed his interactions with Joe Gacy. Um, but because we're such fans, 
are left feeling a little bit concerned that the uh, the family with a token job mm. as you've just come off yet another pretty big decisive like winning feud and you've been deemed the guys to drop into this thing where you're, you're part of somebody else's story so i was a little bit sad that Stax and tony were like there was there are a lot of other losers on this brand that you can throw away for this particular angle especially heels oh it's two what we can beat cameron grimes because it's two on one and then this happens to them so yeah but the for a change the grimes gacy dead stuff sort of worked for me especially with where it went later on by the way like sorry we're jumping ahead but you could see that like um Zach Gibson knows that like things are going to turn out better for him. Like he was dropping the act halfway through that beatdown of the car, wasn't he? I can get you. <laughs> like, he just went like full. Like all of a sudden, it was like an Everton Liverpool pub car park fight. <laughs> like, just, Hang on a minute, are you like the smiley face cane guy? No, asshole. Yeah, I thought this was ass. Oh. If I'm being honest, like, look, I know there's a story here. I just didn't like the story. Joe Gacy and Cameron Grimes' interactions were just like pretty terrible acting, clumsily welded to the context that was pro wrestling. Didn't have any time for it at all. Um, I like the idea that Cameron Grimes is just not entertaining it at all. I don't need melodramatic, conflicted, um, mm. let's face it, bit Matt Jackson and Cameron Grimes. Yeah. I just kind of <laughs> don't need it. Um, so, yeah, I just thought it was like a poorly acted, not really wrestling that I like sort of thing. I'll tell you what you will like uh, is what came next. Oh, no. Um, JD McDonough is uh, getting a shave for close, you know, what's it called? Cutthroat. Cutthroat shave, thank you. Uh, in a barber's chair, he's doing analogies and he's talking about Bron Breaker and Tyler Biet, and then he gets nicked by the uh, by the blade and looks at the blood and kind of likes it. Uh, I don't need to see this. No, no, don't really need to see it. It's not like some weirded out by it. Nothing stupid like that. I just think it's absolutely terrible character work. Mm-hmm. Like, it's bad enough that you get... I'm a surfer who also wrestles. Okay, you, 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 I don't care what you do in your spare time, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. But at least you're not an occupational gimmick. I'm a businesswoman and a wrestler. And if I've got time for it, I'll get some reps in at night instead, right? It's one thing to do occupational gimmicks, right? But if you like pain so much, just go home and punch yourself in the cock. <laughs> and, like, and like uh, when you've got this character as well... Uh, meaning to beat your meat. Exactly, just go, just, you know, if, you, if you've got a thing that you like as much as, you know, wrestling and being the best, and it's a, a simple case of, like, little, f- little flick on your balls, <laughs> just go home and drive yourself mad. It's so stupid that they're trying to play both sides with it now as well, isn't it? Like, rather than just being the crazy cartoon character of 2.0, like, but when the bell rings, you've got to take this guy seriously. It's like, well, no, I don't anymore, because this is just this weirdo from a segment. And like you said it earlier on, like speaking of like decrepit, scruffy Mondays at Leeds Festival, here's Tyler Bate. And then like <laughs> they're supposed to be having this feud together and you're just like, oh, like we've met in the past before. Well, I don't like any of that. That is a vibe that I don't want to be a part of. And now you're trying to sell me on it. No. We met in the past and it was uh, when you were clean shaven, cool prodigy, and I wasn't Patrick Bateman yet. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. Why Patrick Bateman now? That's the catch up. Yeah, people liked you more when you were a Lego figurine of Finn Balor. <laughs> right. It was uh, effectively set up as a number one contenders match. Yeah. Yes, because Tyler Bates says, if you want to face Bron Breaker, you have to go through me first. And in amongst all this as well, was that excellent sit-down interview between Breaker and Joseph where they were like, yeah, we've made this star in the past year. It's a core J thing. Again, you, you know it's WWE, so they know they're going to like throw it at you rather than just allow you to infer a lot of stuff. 
But yeah, like there have been successful projects on the show, and I think it's hard to argue that Bron Baker absolutely is one. And I know for a fact that he wouldn't have been one on black and gold because he was a security guard standing like four times. So they didn't see anything in him then. Maybe it's because well, they did. Maybe clar- it's because Triple H has got a lingering issue with uh, his uncle. I don't know. I'm just spitballing. Just guessing. They did clarify that later, by the way, uh, with with Hank. They said, you know, when they're not ready to wrestle yet, they do part time work as security. As well. Oh, so now it's LTST. So now that Adam Cole, Kyle Riley thing is like, oh, there's people you want to watch in the background. Yeah. It's coming. Time's coming. Yeah. Um, Typical WWE, that, innit? Why pay security? Just get the rest of the Yeah, thing. no, no. That's like... Build well, the all, all the match. They would have three jobs then. You have a, you're a security guard, and you're training to wrestle, so you're going to be a wrestler, and then you're going to be like, um... A butcher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like that in America, like some of the, the unions are still quite strong. And it's like, oh, what's the, uh, what's the union security guards? Uh, not me. I just do security as an independent contractor for WWE. You want now? <laughs> i got to protect them. myself from myself. <laughs> <laughs> is that the whole point? Yeah. That's it. Like, they fight. What happens is they, they stop fights until they're permitted to take the clothes off and be in a fight, and then it's okay. I did like that later. <laughs> Don't worry about it, Hank. Go and have a, another fight somewhere else. Yes. Um, but I did also like the way that they sort of reshaped, let's say, WrestleMania weekend, where it was like, <laughs> in came, uh, what's his name, Dolph Ziggler, yeah. and then he failed to win the title, and then he won it back when he, when he wanted to, on the big show, the Raw after WrestleMania, that isn't a thing anymore. And then he, I forgot he faced Gunther pretty much straight after. I had forgotten that. I, I, because I it was of, mid. Yeah, it was, that was when we were all very Compare that like, to Sheamus, my yeah. Yeah, like, like, it turns out that, like, Gunther was having a bit of a finding himself period as Gunther, wasn't he? Yeah. And he's just found it when he's gone to SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then we got uh, Zoe Stark and Nikita Lyons versus Kiana James and Ariana Grace. Uh, Stark starts off with, uh, with James, I believe. He brought, like, a briefcase or something to ringside. Just to remind you, absolute morons that she is a businesswoman. Yep, yeah. Doing some business. Um, and uh, eventually, get her, you know, get her... Get Stark down. Stark has to make it to a corner, and in comes Nikita Lyons like a house of fire. The house of fire. Sorry, um, blocks a hip toss attempt. Uh, release German suplex. Kip up. Go to a break. Uh, Nikita Lyons is still fighting. Asshole. Spinning kick gets That's her a two garbage. count. Stark comes in, takes Grace down. Uh, Kiana James wants none of this, basically. Uh, and then Nikita Lyons gets knocked off the apron, I believe. And when Stark makes it to a corner, she goes, oh, cool. I'll just get to it. I guess I'll just do it all myself. Hits that modified GTS of hers. Tags in Lyons. Roundhouse kick and that uh, pinfall. Oh, my God. That she no. does. Um, sorry, I pressed the wrong button there. Um, what button were you trying to press? Uh, uh, good snap. The button on there. Good snap. Ba- the battery. We're going to do it anyway. <laughs> yeah. She insists on going for that. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank that's you. Um, and, yeah, they win. This match would be rather a lot better if two of the women in it knew how to bump, <laughs> which <laughs> should be a prerequisite. So half the match. Yeah, there should be kind of a prerequisite. Like, they were terrible on the bump and feed. Yeah. Like, fairly abysmal at the old bump and feed. And that's, like, what day... That's going to be, like, week four, five, six, seven, eight of wrestling school to get on national television. And this match was not good at all. Um, and it's it's one of, it's the same with the... It's, a, it's the last legend principle of... You're watching the performer fail to perform, and you have to therefore critique the perform uh, the performance in your capacity as a reviewer. But it's better just blame everything on Triple H and Shawn Michaels. So I've been doing for 21 years, and I'll not stop now. <laughs> and this time, it's actually kind of warranted mm-hmm. because it shouldn't be on telly. The con bump. Yeah, it's never really about the wrestlers when we make the specific criticism. No. Like, so this was like table setting stuff for the baby faces as a team that are presumably at some point going to want the tag belts. 
But even when you have, say, like when a giant has got to beat up some jobbers, when Braun's going on a tear or whatever, and they're looking for like a local indie guy that's great at taking bumps or perfect fodder, or mm-hmm. whatever, the, yeah. whatever the gimmick is, you know, like even then they ideally want one of the better local indie wrestlers because yes. they want this specific bump or they want this specific characteristic. So you've got to have been doing this 10 years. You've never made it, but you're going to get a nice payday in your, your WWE moment. Like these are your in-house trainees. They're supposed to be at a minimum, the level of those indie well, guys that come in. They've to train. That. Have you not seen the thing last week? They had no time, mate. All the yeah, maybe if they stop going to beauty pageants and the office. So what we're saying is well, this... Well, who's going to get the reports done? Yeah, this bitch. is on Duncan. If Duncan had got that report Thank done, you. she'd have had plenty of time to train. Yeah, sorry. If this is Duncan's fault. Mm. Uh, Malik Blade and Idris Anope are um, seen outside talking to a mystery person in a red hoodie. Who's in the red hoodie? Is it not E.T. or something like that? Who is <laughs> also now inexplicably campaigning for Joe Gacy to win that vote. <laughs> Obviously, he was there. This is that, like ridiculous bollocks like aw were right to lead with that sort of no invisible cameras they kind of made a mess of it at various points but they were absolutely right to lead with it because if the camera wasn't invisible it would turn around and show his face it was instead of being convenient <laughs> yeah, on the shoulder of a person with the hood up it's like the camera should go who are you or at least pull that whatever it is like well sorry this shot's not framed very well yeah like at least last week they were in the background of a shot and it's almost like this is happening in spite of we're watching somebody do a business. Like, no, this week, it's like the camera was perfectly placed. Who are you? I've got to go now. <laughs> like, the, the, nobody even asked a question. And Ophian, oh, and Ophian Blade, no, as well. So, like, oh, yeah. who is this mystery figure? We'll just ask them. <laughs> I couldn't possibly tell you. Steve Austin had to sit on who the uh, greater power was for a week. So they had to, like, write in some bit of the detail where, like, Austin has been gone. Like, why hasn't Austin told anybody? It turned out he was taking the company from underneath Vince and Shane. That's why that reveal took place, because Vince had gone, like, Oh, spooky ghost. And was, it, like, was, it Ang- ah! was it Angle who did it once? He was like, it's you. How could you? And then there was, find out next week. That sounds familiar. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember where that was. Yeah, so just asking Ophie and Blade. That, there's, the answer yeah. to, there's the answer to the mystery that you've just set up two weeks ago. Anyway, when our boys reject uh, the offer of voting online for Joe Casey, <laughs> in comes the JS and a big brawl breaks out. In comes the security, uh, including Hank, who's now the biggest baby face in NXT, I think. Because the security team goes, don't worry, Hank, we got this. You go out there and teach that prick a lesson. <laughs> oh, God. As we were talking about over the desk this morning as well, there are, and like I kind of admire them, kind of think the psychopaths, there are people that watch every second of every WWE show who have like, reasonably pointed out that Hank has been uh, working on Level Up for a while. So their universe has been blown up by all of this. But, oh. they've, but they've said that when they're tr- in the training... Yeah. The masqueraders are yeah, the, the yeah. double of security You get some gear, though, if you've been working on that <laughs> yeah. uh, Anyway, Wesley's dead. Aura Mensa's debuting next week. Uh, and then another one of the stars that they've made on this show. Grayson Bloody Wall is there. Another one of our favorites, Chanta Mackenzie Mitchell. Uh, and she's there to reveal the final four of the biggest NXT star vote. Uh, and it is Toxic Attraction, which is one, apparently. Uh Carmelo Hayes, quite rightly, Nikita Lyons, and Paula goes, and of course, bloody me. I'm obviously the fourth one. She goes, no, it's, it's Bron Breaker. Oh, bollocks. <laughs> uh, and he goes, oh, Bron Breaker's been dacking me, so hopefully that means we're going to get Grayson Waller going for the title. I love Grayson Waller. Yeah, he's tremendous. Great talent. He's going to get squashed by Bron Breaker, and I think maybe called up. I don't think he's long for NXT. <gasps> Ooh, what an arrival that's going to be. Came in there with Johnny Gargano again. Maybe me, you prick. Yes. That's a shout. Mm. He's like he's another guy that like Kevin Owens can hate next to Austin Theory. Yeah, isn't he? like, uh, and then it was time for uh, Wank Hawker. Sorry, Hank Walker uh, to get into the action with 
that prick, Javier Bernal. Wadham Ilborn and his spoonerisms. I, uh, the spoonerism. <laughs> I take it all back. Everything I said about Hank, I take it all back. I was like, oh, God, I don't really this character. And now he's just massively over us for some reason. He comes out, no music, street clothes, and the, and it's it, people are chucking babies in the air. <laughs> here he is. It's, holy sh- Hank's here. Oh, thank God. Imagine when we bought a ticket, they said, Hank's going to be wrestling. <laughs> he was so over here. And Javier Bernal is a prick mm. and tried to wrestle him. What do you think you're doing here, Javier? Um, but, yeah, Hank's... No, why, why are you trying to wrestle the trainee wrestler? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hank's, uh, Hank's a big old bastard, and he chucks him around a bit. Um, he gets hit with some knees that staggers him, but then he fights back uh, and then rips his shirt off to me, snap, crackle, and he's... <laughs> uh, and hits a running elbow and wins. This is the oddest thing. It got over. Yeah. It did, it but did. then, like, what's NXT arena over anyway? So there is that. Right. This told a really kind of credible and believable story that was also, why would you tell a story? Mm. <laughs> like, Hank has very much got an everyman physique. Yes. Is the nice way of putting yes. it. Um, WWE not friendly physique. So it was convincing that he's just, you know, the schlub who has been annoyed by one of the wrestlers and they're trying his luck and being a wrestler. So in terms of his frame, the fact that he's obviously green as goose, it's a very kind of believable everyman story away from the usual caveat of everything WWE is kind of bollocks when you think about it way. Um, Even the bits like when he was trying to run up to Bernal who was in the corner for the old back elbow spot. He hesitated out the ass. And it's just like, <laughs> you can't actually go full brunt and think, oh, he's just been caught. He, he, he telegraphed the life out of everything. But, you know, he looked like an everyman, working the everyman character, and the everyman character got over. So it was like, right, how do we relate to people? Well, Steve Austin, well, like, Steve Austin walked so Hank can run. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what's going on here. But it got over and it kind of in its weird warped way worked. Yeah. Sorry for that alliteration. Alliteration is hack stuff. That's that what's that like subtext is for cowards. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I uh yeah, I didn't want to be invested in like Paul Blart Molkov <laughs> becomes wrestler because I thought like as well because it was like kind of toxic how they said like it was like the the bones of this character are pretty gross. There's a very like toxic masculinity WWE side to all this. But what I will give credit to Hank for, and we've seen like other wrestlers try to do this better, wrestlers, not quite managers. It's really hard when you've got solid fundamentals to look like a bad wrestler. And he did that job quite well. It, that's a hard job. You know, like we say about the footwork thing. We talk about CM Punk in the octagon. Like the second the bell rings, I was like, oh, you can't do this. Oh my God, we haven't got any songs. <laughs> but it was like, you, this is not your world. You're a pro wrestler. Yeah. Footwork is different, whatever. There's magic powers, all sorts. He did that. Quite effectively. I was, I was quite impressed with that. I don't know how much, I don't know how far they can go with it. Because, like, Hank's got to now get better. You need, like, Rocky promo, like, vignettes of Hank in the gym as being like, right, I've got my contract. Now I've got to learn to be a wrestler. And, like, I don't know if the growth will kind of undermine the fun. I like the uh, the idea of him, yeah, doing, like, Rocky training, but via security-based stuff. I don't yeah. know what that is just yet. But also I've got an idea for some merch. White T-shirt, thick black bold text. Hank. 
never been thought of before that. Good. I like that. It's very original. Maybe I have like... So like if there's a fight, someone's going to shout, send Hank. Exactly. That's a catchphrase. We could do that. Oh, just get on with the rest of the show. Uh, another video package. Just Where's remind the we're getting, nearly there. I'm getting really hungry. There's now. a video. Half Twelve. There's a video package. Um, he doesn't get hungry. He gets hungry. He gets hungry. <laughs> that pen takes some abuse. On the <laughs> tree, doesn't it? Uh, a video package is reminding of, what we're, of us what we're about to lose. Uh, <laughs> Sol Ruka is a wrestling surfer. She sure is. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's revealed that Braun Breaker is the biggest superstar of NXT 2.0. Quite right. Uh, despite the fact that Tony D'Angelo was goddamn robbed. Tony and I don't numbers. think Stax was even on the option. So that's How do you it. feel about that, Stax? What a bullshit! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Stax. Just pop back in there, briefly. Uh, anyway, main event time. Uh, it's meant to be the North American Championship match, but obviously Wesley's had his head caved in. So out come Mello and Trick to talk, and I'm absolutely fine with that. Uh, Trick says it's the one-year anniversary of NXT 2.0. We are still too good to be this humble. Uh, and Mello says, look, Wes not, isn't going to make it out of here. I did him a favor, let's be honest. Um, I know people like that, and you, you just can't handle this life. Uh, everyone's there in the back praying for my downfall. Real arsehole stuff, this. Mm. Heavy lies the head that wears the crown, and I've got the biggest crown and the heaviest head in NXT. <laughs> it makes it sound so stupid. Makes him sound like he's Mr. Mackey. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the, the, the stupid imagery these idiot writers conjure up amuses me no end. Oh. I've got the heaviest head in NXT, right? Oh, <laughs> promos are bad, I'm going. My head's so heavy, I need to go somewhere where there's no gravity, Cameron Grimes. <laughs> Can you think of anywhere? I know, just the place. Probably going to beat you. Cameron Grimes is zero and one in space. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but who should interrupt but a main roster WWE star, the yeah. returning Solo <laughs> <laughs> I love I'm genuinely so, uh, <laughs> I genuinely popped for this. So this morning, over the desks, Murray asked me first thing, like, oh, like, how's that then? What's he doing back? What's going on there? Brought out as a sort of like return baby face, save the day, even though he's only been gone a week. And I was like, yes, like, I like the match. But yes, the, that's kind of artless trash when I think about it. And then you, Will Bourne, reminded me of a detail that I should have been given more credit to this show. There was a very good reason why it was Solis Co, wasn't there? And I'd already forgotten. Yeah, he's always said he's got next. He they said that. Paid that off. The moment he said that, I was like, "What? What are you doing here?" Like, blood, I, I was you. thinking like it's bloodline belt stuff. They just love stables full of belts. They just want another visual of a guy with a belt. And then I remember. he's always been saying he's got next. He's got next. Yeah. You know, and he's, that's what he said. I've got next. And I was like, "Oh, yeah, yeah." Fair play. And uh, he lays out mellow, tosses trick out the ring, and we've got our match. The North American Championship is on the line. Carmelo Hayes defending against Solo Sokoa as a replacement, of course. For Wesley and Solo Sokoa just dominated early on, just reminded everyone because he's he has always been quite over in NXT, good bad guy, whatever people love him. Uh, and he just he, I'm a Carmella, he's bumped, he was talked about earlier, bumped brilliantly for yeah. him here, uh, made him look amazing, dominated. Uh, to take us to a break, he just sends Carmella Hayes over the top onto Trick Williams. Uh, and it, this is 
the part of why you've had Carmelo Hayes be so dominant because when someone's finally doing this to him, you're like, oh my God. Um, and then Sokoa gets cut off after the break when Trick, of course, interferes and he's got that uh, uh, knee brace going on and they target that and Williams targets it and then Carmelo Hayes goes after it and single leg crab and all that. Sokoa makes a comeback. Samoan drop, Umaga splash, but then Trick Williams interferes again and uh, that means Sokoa has to get rid of him and then Hayes gets dominates on uh, Sokoa as a result. And he gets, I think he gets like wobbled, does Sokoa. And Carmelo Hayes hits the ropes, come back, comes back to, to finish him off. And he gets dropped with this amazing pop-up Samoan drop for a near fall. Trick Williams tries to interfere for a third time. And you think, oh, God, here we go. Get rid of Trick, turn around, Melo wins. No, Sokoa kicks him. Effectively, it's a Uranagi, but effectively rock bottoms uh, Carmelo Hayes. Goes up top. I'm genuinely stood up at this point going, go on, Solo, go to And he does <laughs> splash off the top rope. One, two, three. Solo Sokoa is your new North American champion. And just like the commentators did, I start thinking, oh my God, what does this mean? Will he take this to SmackDown? Does this mean Melo moves up to the main roster? Does this mean that the two point odd million people that watch SmackDown are going to get this match, but on a show that lots more people watch and they can showcase some of the talent that they've got here? Sokoa celebrates, posing with a title belt. Everyone's happy. And then, well... What happens afterwards, we'll talk about that in a sec. This was really, 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 really good. Solo Sikawa. Solo Sikawa. His selling was tremendous. Mm -hmm. The pacing in this match was really good. They allowed you, through his selling, through the really well-paced and timed um, comeback, to give you, the viewer, the feeling that Adam Wilborn has just articulated that... Uh, that's a title switch, and I want to see it. And it was really well done. And he's a heel on SmackDown. And he just ruined <laughs> the biggest babyface push of the year at Clash of the Castle. And now he's a returning hero in NXT 2.0. Basically, what I'm saying is, even when WWE does something incredibly dramatic and dare I say emotionally resonant with great continuity, it's still stupid. <laughs> Aye, this is like this is the best and worst of corporate synergy because it completely contradicts everything like, that has been newly established about this character. But they're going to spin this as he needed to be empowered by the tribal chief Roman Reigns to go back and finish the job. Roman in character will have been like, "Now nah, you've got unfinished business there. Go and finish it." Well, let's see and if bring a belt back with you. That feels like yeah, but I agree with the babyface heel stuff. That's kind of a mess. Maybe when he cho- spoke to Apollo Crews all that time ago, he said. You got some good thing down here in the future with Solo Sokoa. <laughs> yes, he saw the year future long. It's LTST. Just let it play out, guys. <laughs> so, but yeah, the match, that feeling of like inevitable doom for this character that has avoided it for so long was pro wrestling magic. Yeah. The stuff you watch these shows for. And it was there throughout pacing was the exact word I had. They absolutely nailed like the entire tone of this thing. It's like, yes, Carmelo Hayes has to get an advantage back, but you never want to give the heel too much to make to put it in doubt. This wasn't a match about doubt. This was a match a match about like Hayes is suffering and it was like we know he's not going to hold on, but let's just have a little bit of drama to see him try. And I just thought they played with that brilliantly. The fan the fans were there for Solo Sukawa, regardless of what we've just seen on SmackDown, mm-hmm. and I do think that's going to be the implication here, is that uh, Roman Reigns has had a word. Like, that was the last thing he needed, the last ingredient. Like, yeah, thanks for helping me, but you should have helped yourself down there too. I would 
be amazed if Carmelo Hayes wasn't going up as well. Mm-hmm. Like that, that felt like a trick, by the way, on the show because he was brilliant here. Like he was a perfect like stunt bump guy for this situation, but he was awesome in the beatdown as well. Like with the verbals while they were, it's a brutal beatdown of Wesley, and he was fantastic. Yeah, like kick him in the ribs, or yeah, like all the stuff he was shouting as he was beating him up. Like we've said this before, get them up as an act. Don't like be different, Triple H. Don't be the WWE yes. thing. Don't think you need to split them up. Don't think you need to turn trick into a completely different restaurant, different brand. This is an act and a very good one. And then, yeah, we've kind of already covered it, but then we got a. Uh, I thought I'm looking at the time, going still a bit of time left here. What's going to happen? Are we going to have like a new superstar debut or whatever? And then the the end of days happened. Uh, we get a final video package voiced by uh, voiced by Shawn Michaels. Um, and the excellent NXT 2.0 with the 2.0 on it transforms, as Shawn Michaels says, we are NXT to not black and gold NXT, but gold and white with some black around it, (laughs) NXT, and I felt a little bit deflated by the end of this show. Yeah, kill me. Where's the the number gone? Took the number away and took all the colours away. Loads of things that made it fun. Three point oh, or you'll, you'll think you'll, you'll think you'll, something. Yeah, you'll get there. Yeah. But uh, yeah, um, what a roller coaster end to uh, to this show, to the year of uh, NXT two point As I said before, don't cry that it's over. Just be happy that it, that it happened because. And remember that we said that the future was going to be rubbish. When <laughs> yes, he, when all of you have either stopped watching or like NXT going really bad. Bo- like somebody's going to do the tweet in six months, and for change, it's not going to be a clout chase. It's going to be real. Like 2.0 just hit different guys. It's like, yes, it did actually. Yes, it, did. it actually did. Here's a question. I joked about this in the office. If this show that we've just watched, mm. it won't, obviously. Look at the raw number off the, off the back of football and all that. Football. But if this show hit a million <laughs> and did a point three or something, would they go, actually, it's still 2.0? Triple H. Like you say, it, was, Tri- it is on an upswing. It's not like it's not going to be challenging dynamite or anything Kills like Rampage. that. But yeah. Did you watch like all of 2002, 3 and 4 WWE? Triple H should never let terrible ratings stop his plan. <laughs> like, ah, well. He ignored ratings patterns, business patterns, fan reactions. That defined his entire Ab- career. Abject silence. <laughs> that defined his entire career as a wrestler. I think I will go 30 minutes again, actually. <laughs> they were so invested in that that they couldn't even bring themselves to, to break their fixed glare. What's that thing where, like, we, drama. we don't... <laughs> you did the maths on it that one day. We, like, WrestleMania uh, 31, it's a good show. It is a good show. But I can never put it in the upper echelon like a lot of people do because there's, like, around an hour of Triple H content. Uh, it's a quarter of the show. I did the, <laughs> yeah. I, I did the maths. I did the maths. I did two kinds of maths about Triple H at WrestleMania. Um, he took up a quarter of WrestleMania 31, and despite debuting at WrestleMania five years after The Undertaker, it's about The Undertaker pretty much embodying what it means to achieve something on the WrestleMania stage through the streak. Uh, Possibly before the Boneyard match, Triple H had worked more minutes in the ring. And his debut was a one-minute squash loss to The Ultimate Warrior. Yes. So you can't even count that one, really. And yet he's still like, uh, grab a hold, make him come. Nobody has come watching your matches ever. Ever. <laughs> Let's finish. Never with felt an emotion close to it, unless like using that to um, pro- yeah. prolong the vinegar strokes. <laughs> and then we have to. And then we have to do that. Like, now nah, come on, guys. It was pretty good in that year, two thousand. Yeah, it was like a twenty-five year career, mate. One year. Those, those numbers are crap. 
and I could go and this wrestler was better than Triple H at his best <laughs> and this wrestler was better than Triple H at his best and this wrestler was better than Triple H at his best and this wrestler was better than Triple H at his best and this wrestler was better than Triple H at his best and guess what all of them were in AEW this year and it was the worst <laughs> year in AEW history that's why you suck at my cat <laughs> Uh, I'm going to hand this over to you to conclude because I always get the line wrong. What's the Andy Bernard line to, to wrap up this 2.0 review? I asked five times <laughs> today. I know. You ask it every time. I it's wish, not hard. I wish somebody could tell you about the good old days when you're still in them. That is now your thoughts on potentially the final ever. NX, well, maybe one more next week. <laughs> <laughs> NXT 2.0! Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch there, you can follow all three of us. You can follow Michael Hamlet at... I think they're going to of Sanger turn the lights off like the last episode of Cheaters. Bye, guys. Just closes the door on the performance center. Thanks, Sanger. Thank you. At Michael Hamlet. Follow Michael Sidgwick at... M. Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from. For daily wrestling podcasts, we'll be back later on today to preview AW. But for now, this has been the NXT... Two point review. My thanks to the Dadly Boys. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series We Were the Lucky Ones with Joey King and Logan Lerman, and. Don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Hey, hey, it's Kip Bodner, CMO of HubSpot. Join me and my co-host, Kieran Flanagan, CMO over at Zapier, on Marketing Against a Grain. We're not the typical regurgitated Twitter threads. These are takes from us marketing leaders about what we're doing and what we're learning from our peers and what's working in the market and how you can apply them to your business. Everything you need to grow a modern business and have a strategy that is fit for growth in today's changing economy. Listen to our podcast, Marketing Against the Grain, wherever you get your podcasts.